Unprecedented, never has this happened before, that massive, absolutely massive pop culture, political conservatory is being dropped as we speak. This is a historical politics live. Settle in, sit down, tell me who's watching with you. Is it just you? Is it your dog? Is it your baby? Is it your husband? Do you have a gathering of multiple people and friends? Tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm Alex Clark. This is Politics Live. I cover pop culture without the leftist propaganda. Um, I also overshare about my Myself quite often. So uh, here we go. This is this is a big one. This is a huge episode. Smash the thumbs up button, write meow, subscribe to this channel if you're not. Please keep reminding people to do that thumbs up as they roll in for the live. We have multiple important family announcements uh, at the beginning and the end of the show. So this is a show also because I'm going to do a ton of personal tea at the end. This is a show that you don't want to miss. So just don't leave after the Candace Ben part because I have a lot to say. Politics Live, first family announcement. Politics Live will be at 6 p.m. Eastern going forward. The next episode will not be until November 29th. We will be at 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays and 3 p.m. Sorry, 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, I wish that it could be later, but the problem is, is that Turning Point USA, we're in Mountain Standard Time. So, like, I'm in between two time zones in the country and um, I would love to be able to hold my team at the office against their will after 5 p.m. but there are laws that prevent me from doing so. So Politics Live 6 p.m. Eastern is the best and the latest that I could do with the time change crap and unfortunately that still puts us at like in the middle of the work day for Pacific but it's just it's all I can do. It's all I can do. Today on the show, we are going to be reacting live, and I'm going to tell you what I have heard uh, about the recent Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro public beef. I have what I think are pretty juicy predictions about what will happen between Candace and the Daily Wire. If you're like, crap, I want to see your reaction, Alex, but I also want to watch the Candace Tucker interview. My team right now is watching the... Tucker, Candace, interview for me as we speak since we're going live at the same time, and I know that they cover it in the first 10 minutes. So uh, my team is going to be relaying to me as we're live what she says so I can summarize it for you so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, will she stay at the Daily Wire? Will she be fired? Will she leave? I also want your predictions on that. I'm going to share my reaction as well today to the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey kiss. I'm going to tell you, well, I may or may not tell you. We'll see, uh, just depending on time here um, with all this Tucker breaking news. I wanted to kind of talk about uh, why people are mad at Reese Witherspoon's son, but it's not that important, so we may skip that. Uh, I'm going to maybe tell you about my realization that I'm Sylvia Plath coded, but again, we we might have other important things. Um, it just depends. I am uh, also just going to tell you, like I said, personal life tea. Um, updates about my capsule wardrobe that I'm working on, Thanksgiving plans. I'm going on a podcast at the end of this week. I'm going to tell you about my newspaper saga. It, it's There's a lot of that stuff so we'll just see what we get to friendly reminder that America Fest is happening in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, December 16th through 19th. Coming up, if you don't know, America Fest is a giant conservative conference and concert featuring the biggest names in the conservative movement, including Candace Owens. So you know that there is going to be tea spilt December 16th through 19th at America Fest. Candace Owens and Tucker will be there. Charlie Kirk, Ali Stuckey, Jack Posobiec, Dennis Prager, and more. Over 10,000 
American Patriots will be there. You can go to amfest.com to get your tickets. You can get a discount with code POPLITICS. That's amfest.com, code POPLITICS, to go to America Fest Phoenix, December 16th through 19th. All right. Candace Owens versus Ben Shapiro. By far the juiciest thing that has happened in months within the conservative movement. Uh, this drama has been extremely public. Whether it was intended to or not, I'm not sure that this was the plan, uh, you know, for this whole falling out between Ben and Candace to, to be very public. Ben Shapiro Reminder, owns The Daily Wire. Candace Owens' podcast is produced by The Daily Wire. Full disclosure, full disclosure, I am not personally close to anyone involved. So everything that I'm about to say is uh, completely speculative, fun theories, you know, my reaction to things. But I don't, you know, talk to Candace or Ben. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That being said, let's first establish what happened, what seems to be causing the tension between two of the biggest personalities in the conservative movement. So a video was posted that seemed to be filmed secretly of Ben Shapiro slamming Candace for what he called absolutely disgraceful behavior in front of a live audience at some event. He was talking about Candace's recent opinions on the Israel Palestine conflict that she has been sharing. He says that her faux sophistication on this issue is ridiculous. Here's the clip. I think her behavior during this administration. I think she's been absolutely disgraceful. I think that, I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not post sophistication, it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. After this video starts making the rounds on social media yesterday, Candace subtweets the whole video. She says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. She said, no one can serve two masters, either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other and then she said you cannot serve both god and money now nothing was really said about this all of the sudden so this is all that happens ben doesn't respond to this yesterday all of the sudden today we it's announced that candace is going on tucker carlson which has just debuted now a, a couple minutes ago um, ben Shapiro, right before the episode with Tucker Carlson drops, responds to that subtweet that she had posted and says, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. The scream I scrumped when I read that. The scream I scrumped. Candace said to Ben, you have been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. This is her boss. She said, we have all had to sit. We, this is important, I think. She didn't say, I have sat back. She said, we have sat back and allowed it and have all tried to exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. 
This is juicy to me because she is not only talking about her, she is insinuating that other people at the Daily Wire feel the same way. Who could that be? Is it is it behind the scenes staff? Is it production staff? Is it other talent? Which I'm going to get to my theory on how other talent feel about this drama in a moment. Honestly, just everything that's happened in the last half hour Daily Wire might release her without worrying about her contract because obviously all talent has to sign a contract to stay with with different media companies. All of this drama, if, and I'm going to tell you what I think about what her deal is and all that, but if, if they want, they might just say, you're out of the deal. We don't want to work with you anyway. Like, you know what I mean? They might make an exception. So then Candace tweets again a few minutes ago, you are utterly out of line for suggesting that I cannot quote biblical scripture. The Bible is not about you. Then she said, Christ is king. I'm telling you right now, I mean, even just the responses to the tweets immediately, immediately, the majority of social media users sided with Candace. They're siding with Candace. Charlie Kirk, my boss, tweeted, I'm sitting here like, ah! Charlie Kirk, my boss, tweeted, I am genuinely confused why asking questions and quoting Bible verses about peace warrants a call to resign from Daily Wire. There should be more room in the conservative movement for disagreement. We can do better than this. Now, we don't know for certain what specifically Candace has said that Ben has a problem with in the last few weeks, um, because he certainly, at least yet, hasn't publicly elaborated on that. Like what specifically she said during her shows or whatever that has upset him. But there are a few clips that I did find that, you know, some other Jewish people have been sharing and saying that they didn't like or appreciate. So I think it's safe to assume these might be what set Ben off. They're very short, so let's play the first clip. My grandfather grew up in a segregated South, and so when I'm walking mm-hmm. through Jerusalem and you see, and they say these are the Muslim quarters, this is where the Muslims are right. allowed to live, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a bastion of freedom to me. Um, so I, I guess... Oh, I, I don't think it's where they're allowed to live in Jerusalem. I think it's that there are there's an Armenian quarter. It's not saying the Armenians can only live here. It's that there are communities, just like there's a... Uh, Jewish community in in Jersey here, and there's a Muslim community in here. The Jews were offended because they said that Candace just totally got her history wrong or or whatever. Um, So I know that people were upset about that. Here's another clip that people have been criticizing Candace for. Uh, Here's another clip that people have been criticizing Candace for. I am here today to endorse Nikki Haley for president of Israel. I think she's earned that. I think Bibi Netanyahu is going through a very bad time right now. Support for Israel has virtually collapsed socially. If you're paying attention to the trends and you're paying attention to what people are watching, you're paying attention to the protests. And the one person that I think is capable of getting it back is Nikki Haley with enough money from foreign interest lobbies. So there it is, guys. I'm endorsing Nikki Haley, president of Israel. Clearly sarcasm there. Uh, I, I think that it's interesting to note and nobody has pointed this out Candace and Ben unfollowed each other now no idea if that's recent or not I don't know if that happened in the last 24 hours or if it happened weeks ago because they have publicly I mean since the Kanye stuff kind of been at odds it seemed you know to a lot of people when all the Kanye drama was happening people wondered then if there was some tension at the Daily Wire between her and her and Ben Shapiro. So this 
type of, you know, issue between them may have been going on for a lot longer uh, and they may have been unfollowed, you know, they may have unfollowed each other in the last day or they may have unfollowed each other a while ago, but that's always interesting to point out. So now the question is what happens now? After your boss says that you're disgraceful, I mean, I think that's pretty much the nail in the coffin, I think, for you to be able to continue to work for them. I don't think that Candace, in my opinion, really has any other choice but to leave. Um, what I have heard is that she, the last she uh, renegotiated with the Daily Wire was about two years ago or around 18 months ago. So it is possible that Candace. And her, that Candace's contract is already up soon, which would make Ben, I think, feel more comfortable publicly airing grievances or maybe he's just had it and he just didn't care. I mean, obviously, he knew whatever event he was at, he had a microphone like people are recording him and him being like, Can I think Candace has handled this disgracefully. He obviously said that publicly. It wasn't like behind closed doors where he didn't know he was being recorded. Like he knew that there was a chance of being recorded. So I think it, it's very interesting to me that he decided to say that, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, well, why would he say that? I mean, maybe he knows that her, she's already planned on leaving her deal. That could also be the case. Before any of this, before that video came out, Candace already might've been telling the Daily Wire, hey, my contract is up. I'm not planning on resigning. So then, you know, Ben is like, F it. Then I'm gonna say what I want about how she's been handling the whole Israel conflict. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Candace in the Tucker interview right now is saying that she has a great relationship with the CEOs, uh, you know, Jeremy Boring, Caleb Robinson. She clarified that Ben is not her boss. Okay, so Ben is not technically her boss. It would be Jeremy Boring as her boss. And she says she has a great relationship with them, but she just has a falling out with Ben. So that's interesting uh, clarification. That being said... If her contract is not up, let's say that she does have a lot more time. Maybe her lawyers are looking closely. They're seeing if they can get her out of her deal so that she can leave. Um, now the question is, where would she go? Let's say Candace leaves the Daily Wire. What are her options? Well, I would say she's doing an interview with Tucker Carlson right now. Tucker hinted on his recent interview with Theo Vaughn that he was building a media or production company, I believe. So in the near future... I could see Candace joining Tucker Carlson's new media company if that becomes a thing. Or, of course, she has the option to go independent. Uh, with going independent, I think it's possible she could join Rumble as an independent creator. The thing about Tucker is I don't think from a – I mean, also, again, I just need to keep reiterating – I am totally like outside looking into somebody who, I mean, I think I have a little bit more of an insight because I work in conservative media. So I think there's that kind of, you know, side of it. But otherwise, I don't have any like official like, you know, word. And I don't know Tucker, Candace or Ben personally. But what I have heard working in this is that he doesn't necessarily have a ton of extra cash, you know, from a production standpoint um, to be throwing around, meaning you got to like raise money or get donors or get advertisers and things like that to have money, you know, for the business to like then hire people and hire other talent besides yourself and, you know, fund all this. Each talent, I mean, um, I have heard anywhere that she's had anywhere between like 50 and 80 people on her production staff alone at Daily Wire. Again, 
Don't know if that's true, but if if their production teams are that big, that is a lot of salaries and a lot of people to pay for. Now, if she's independent and all this, and I know that that was when she was first doing, um, you know, she had that live audience show, The Daily Wire, when she first moved over, over there. She may have had a bigger staff to accommodate a show being live like that. That That's a totally different ballgame. Maybe she doesn't have that many now. But um, either way, Tucker has just started this venture on his own. You know, I, I know that Public Square recently reached out and said that they would advertise with him, so that gives him, you know, a couple million right there. But that's still, again, he's got to fund his own production. We're not talking about another huge talent plus their salary and all that. So so that's one thing. It, it may take some time if she were to sign with Tucker. Now, she could also go independent. Candace has her own money. She's made a lot through the Daily Wire. Not only does she have her, whatever the deal is that she negotiated with the Daily Wire, which I'm sure is millions, she has merch revenue. She has book revenue, speaking revenue, you know, all those little things for a creative, uh, uh, for conservative um, personalities, commentators, all of that adds into how much money you're making. Um, also, it is rumored that her husband is worth over $100 million dollars Again, completely hearsay, industry rumors. But her husband, I think, has a lot of money himself. I, I'm saying all this to say I think that Candace could easily fund herself going independent quite easily. And also Rumble, I believe, offered Tucker when he first was fired from Fox, I believe that Rumble reached out to Tucker and asked him, you know, or offered him like, hey, you can come here. So Rumble has money to play with if they wanted to then offer Candace a spot to go over with them. Um, how do I think that the other Daily Wire talent feel about this drama? So, I mean, Knowles and Candace are very close. We know that Brett and Candace are. I have no idea what Brett Cooper's views are on the Israel conflict. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen anything of that. If I was to place a bet, I would guess that Michael Knowles is somebody who probably agrees more with. Um, I, I, I'm just guessing. Even though he is close with Candace, personal relationship, I, I could see him maybe agreeing a little bit more with like Ben's uh, thoughts, like from a foreign policy standpoint. If I'm guessing, I think that like Matt Walsh would be a talent that would align more with Candace. Um, those of you who like really, really watch, you know, closely every single Matt episode, every single Michael Knowles episode, Brett Cooper, maybe you guys have a better insight on where you think that they would align just from the Israel standpoint of who they would agree with. That doesn't mean that they can't, you know, agree with Ben on the foreign policy stuff, but then like side with Candace on how all of this is being handled internally and also publicly. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's interesting. Ben hasn't like publicly said he has any issues with Matt Walsh because Here's a clip of Matt saying that Republicans' allegiance to Israel is a mental illness. This is not how people talk about their own countries. This is a uniquely modern American phenomenon. It's like a sickness, a mental sickness, where some of our leaders or would-be leaders profess greater admiration and love for and pride in foreign countries than their own. It's just a crazy thing to say. Candace is saying in the Tucker interview that Daily Wire has too big of an ego and are too proud. She's talking about the Daily Wire has too big of an ego. I'm clarifying with my team. Is that correct? No. Um, so I don't know who had. Oh, people online. I don't understand. Okay, just forget what I just said because I'm, again, reading these. I'm 
reading this message. So, um, of my team watching it. Okay, so the re so her reaction to Ben Shapiro's clip of him calling her disgraceful. She said that no one warned her that Ben had been saying that she was acting disgracefully. She found out when everyone else did with no background or explanation to the issue. So when that video dropped, she's like, okay, well, this is news to me. I didn't know that Ben had such a big problem. She says that Ben has not personally said a single word to her in response to the video. She says that that video speaks more to Ben's character than her own, and that if it was her talking like that about a coworker, she'd be embarrassed. She said that we have disagreed on many fundamental issues over the past five years, including the uh, juice. If you know, I'm saying, you know, um, I'm saying code words. They disagreed on the juice. They disagreed on Ukraine and Russia. So she said that's not interesting or really unusual. She does not mind respectful disagreement, but she doesn't like throwing colleagues under a bus. Um, she said Ben is not the CEO of the Daily Wire. He's not there on a day-to-day -day basis. She says she has a great relationship, like I said, with the CEOs. She said, I don't want that video to be a reflection of how the Daily Wire operates. So to me... Her being like, I don't want that to be a reflection of how the Daily Wire operates. That almost makes me think that other people, the Daily Wire, like other people at the top, possibly even Jeremy Boring. Again, speculation. Um, I don't have a problem with anybody involved for the record. But maybe she's insinuating that everybody was disappointed in that video. And everybody, and that would speak to her in the beginning, that tweet to Ben earlier. How she kept saying, we don't understand why you're reacting this way. She kept using we as in multiple people are confused by Ben Shapiro's behavior. Maybe the other CEOs even are like... Like, this is like a bad look for the company. Like, why are you acting like this? I don't know. Um, Candace said, I have never endorsed Hamas. She compared the Black Lives Matter, Black Square virtue signaling to basically what is happening here. She said, when you say it is also sad, because, you know, Candace said it's sad when children die um, in Israel. It's, it's sad when children die in Palestine. So Candace was doing that. She was like, it's sad when there's casualties either way. And Candace said, when you say that it is also sad when an innocent Palestinian child dies, suddenly this is pro-Hamas. She said, I have pointed to both sides of the argument, and I am even keeled on this argument. I am not radical. My stance has not changed whether um, on whether or not America should be involved in this conflict. Candace maintains it's sad when people die on either side and I don't want America entering this conflict either way. Now, Matt Walsh, besides that whole thing, um, saying it's a mental illness or whatever for people being so obsessed with Israel, uh, Matt Walsh also called out Nikki Haley for, I mean, similar to Candace's satirical Nikki Haley, I'm endorsing her for president video. Matt Walsh also called out Nikki Haley for contradicting herself on the United States role in supporting Israel. Uh, Here's what Matt said about Nikki. Israel doesn't need us, we need them. If that's true, then... How can you say that in one breath and then in the next breath tell us that it is imperative for the United States to help Israel? I thought you said they don't need us. I mean, they don't need us at all. We could not exist, according to you, and it would make a difference. You, you cannot say both of those things. You cannot say they desperately need us and also they don't need us. You really expect us to believe that America benefits more from its alliance than Israel benefits from that same alliance? That is nonsense. No, Israel greatly benefits from America. 
So that's, I mean, a pretty strong stance. Again, Ben Shapiro has not tweeted at Matt Walsh or said that he's acting disgracefully or whatever. I feel like Matt and Candace are both saying the same things. Now, here is Ben Shapiro essentially doing the same thing. Here's Ben Shapiro contradicting himself, saying we need to not be involved in, in a war with Israel. And then also we do need to be involved in a war. They say that I want America to fight wars for Israel. Nope. Nope. First of all, Israel can take care of herself. If Israel is forced to the wall, the possibility of nuclear exchange is extremely high. That is why it is very important that the United States provide the material aid to Israel and that they also dissuade Hezbollah from... Very interesting, right? So now let's say that Candace goes to whatever the media company is that Tucker Carlson is allegedly starting. How do Ben Shapiro and Tucker feel about each other behind the scenes? I think that they're polite with one another, but I have heard that they don't necessarily like each other behind the scenes. Now, there's not a specific, there's not specific beef. It, it, it's not that crazy, but they just have totally different beliefs when they see the world differently. Okay. And that shouldn't really surprise anybody. When Ben Shapiro had Tucker Carlson on his Sunday special a few years back, they mostly debated the entire time. Uh, ben is more of a neocon. Tucker is a populist. There is a huge spectrum of conservatism. Somebody could be more moderate. Somebody could be uh, really far right. I think that Ben and Tucker are pretty different in their conservative views. Uh, I think that Tucker is a lot more far right than Ben is, at least on foreign policy. Um, you know, so as far as like, would Ben be like offended if, if Candace went over to, to work with Tucker or something like that? That's just why I'm bringing this up. Uh, any other new things here about the interview? Um, now, Charlie, I did... I did read Charlie's tweet earlier, but so Charlie Kirk, my boss tweeted, I am genuinely confused just to reiterate why asking questions and quoting Bible verses about peace warrants a call to resign from Daily Wire. There should be more room in the conservative movement for disagreement. We can do better than this. I anticipate basically every single person in the conservative movement is going to have something to say. Now, my opinion is there have been things that Ben have said that I agreed with and there have been things he said that I disagree there are things that Candace has said that I agree things that Candace has said on this conflict that I disagree so I'm very in the middle like I'm very anxious as is everybody else seeing what's going to happen um you know I, I'm more interested honestly I, I don't really care about like the disagreements on like what we should do how involved America should be I mean I have my own opinions on that I don't want I've said on here I don't want America involved in a war with Israel at all period at all so I would side with Candace on as far as how involved we are some of the stuff she said I've just thought it was was it was strange um you know i i just didn't get it like but but charlie is right that i don't understand why any of this means she should resign again i don't understand why there seems to be a double standard for candace that isn't there for matt and i think that's because there is some bruised you know, hurt or leftover hurt or whatever from all the Kanye stuff, how she didn't necessarily like slam Kanye or uninvite him to her movie premiere and all of that. I think that bothered Ben. I think he's resentful towards that, if I am totally guessing. 
And so maybe it's like, you know, he's been harboring resentment and this was the last straw, her thoughts on Israel. And so he's like, I'm done with her. But again, I'd be confused why he isn't saying the stuff about Matt. That totally doesn't make sense to me um, at all. Okay, so I'm going to read some of your comments. Prissy says, I've noticed tension between Ben and Candace for a long time now. This is not just about her recent comments. She has a long history of pettiness and aggression. Becca says, I do think it's really sick that Candace has basically not said anything that I've seen about October 7th. She said at one point that she wanted to hear more information or something like that. Um, Emily said maybe Ben and Candace should get in the same room and have a discussion. Maddie thinks all of this is spiritual warfare. That's an interesting take. Justine says that Ben is very consistent that America does not need to be involved as far as troops to the ground. He does support American financial aid. She says it's not hard to differentiate between those. Lacey says Candace is 1 million percent wrong on this issue. She is quickly becoming an embarrassment to the conservative movement. Renee says circumstances can change, which, which can be why Ben's opinion has changed. Sky says, what Matt Walsh is saying is not wrong. Israel benefits more from our alliance with them than the other way around. That does not mean that Israel doesn't have rights to protect itself or exist. Uh, this person says, I loved Ben Shapiro's Sunday special with Tucker. I think it shows that conservatism comes in many forms. But again, to Charlie's point, if that is the case, why can't Candace have these thoughts? Benny says, respectfully, Alex, you have clearly not been following Candace's content about Israel. It's pretty awful. Her take is awful. I lost respect for her over the past few weeks, and I am with Ben. Brianna says, providing material support is not the same as fighting Israel's war. Bobby says she is on team Tucker, Candace, and Matt of, over Ben. Becca says Tucker is a total isolationist and Ben isn't. Some people are saying they don't trust anyone at the Daily Wire, period. Lore says that Matt Walsh is more poised and educated on this issue compared to Candace. Crystal says people have been calling Candace Owens anti-Semitic before all of this. This is why she isn't going to say that she stands with Israel. Ashley says that Candace does not know what she's talking about. In Jerusalem, there is literally both a Muslim quarter and a Jewish quarter. Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring are best friends, so I'm sure that they're on the phone together. Um, Tori is clarifying what she thinks Ben meant by I'm sick of Candace's faux sophistication. She said that Candace says it's sad, like the the conflict or whatever, but she's, he, he, she says that... Um, Tori says, Candace has never said that Israel is obviously better than Samas. Samas. She says that Candace has never claimed that Israel is better than Hamas. And so that is the faux sophistication Ben is talking about. Again, this is Tori, this, this cute servant of Tori's take. 
And uh, this person says, since Hamas's attack on Israel, Ben Shapiro hasn't been the same. He's incredibly broken. He's angry. And it's really showing. Someone says... Candace has been talking very aggressively lately. Uh, another person says Candace has come across very uneducated on the topic and anti-Semitic in other ways for a while. So that's my question to you is team Ben or team Candace. I don't want to totally pick a side. Like I don't want to say absolute team Ben or team Candace. I would say I have, a, like I said, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of like issues with things both of them are doing and saying, um, or like that I, you know, things I'm unclear on. Um, but here's what I will say. I think they're both right on different things. I don't think that the Daily Wire is a good fit for her brand anymore. And I love the Daily Wire. Um, but I think sometimes talent certain talent can grow so much that they have a brand that is just bigger than the brand that is housing them, if you know what I mean. So I would love personally to see Candace go independent. I think that she would absolutely crush it on that route. I think that she is like Tucker. She's very similar to him in that she probably does better being her own boss. Um, and ever since Candace really blew up within politics, I mean, she has always been under somebody else, right? Like, so she was with... Uh, she was she's been with a lot of different people. Um, I think that she'd be better going independent. I think that my my idea is that she would retain her producer or keep her producer like her producer would quit Daily Wire, maybe go with her because I know that they're very close um, and maybe she would go about building a team from there. I do think that this is the end of Candace with Daily Wire, um, you know, but. Not too long ago, it was also the end of Candace Owens at PragerU. Not too long ago, it was, you know, the end of Candace Owens with Turning Point. Not that she doesn't have good relationships with these people um, or speak with their things or guest on their shows or whatever. She does. I'm just saying, like, you know, she has basically collected a paycheck from each of these places and she's moved on and she's grown. And so I think that it's important to say the end of Candace at The Daily Wire doesn't mean the end of Candace. I think it just means that it's getting good. I think that she is, she is a superstar status talent. Um, that doesn't happen often. And I think she's going to be just fine on her own. I'm sure that she's talking with her husband, George, right now about like moves, what they're going to do. Um, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't be shocked if like, she's not going in and recording shows, you know what I mean? For the next few while, for the next while, while her lawyers are looking over her deal or whatever. So um, that's my take on that. Uh, now, uh, going forward today in the show, like I said, I have some juicy things to say. Um, everything else, not as political, not as heavy, like, well, sort of heavy, but not really. Uh, so I want to talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's kiss. I want to talk about uh, some personal stuff with me, some family announcements, all of that kind of stuff. So let's move on to my reaction to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's kiss. Just now, Entertainment Tonight is reporting that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's parents are going to be meeting for the first time 
at Monday night's Kansas City uh, Chiefs versus Eagles game, which is going to be the first time, I believe, that him and his brother have gone face-to-face since they went uh, up against each other in the Super Bowl. So that is super exciting because she has met his parents on her own. He has met her parents on his own, but their parents have not met each other. A lot of people have said that Donna and Andrea would get along beautifully. I also think that they would get along. And so that's going to be interesting to see. Now, the kiss... Okay, so The Kiss, everybody's seen it by now. And I have to tell you, I love love. The video made my entire year. Some in Hollywood are guessing that they're going to be engaged by May. I don't think that Taylor would get engaged during the Eras tour. She is going to be on this tour until November uh, or actually December of next year, I think. So I don't think they're, they're going to get engaged that soon. That would absolutely shock me. It could happen. Um, but I also think, and here's my speculation, and some other Swifties may disagree. I'm very anxious for the cute conservative Swifties, what you think. But I actually think that Taylor is really scared of marriage. Like, if she were to really think about, like, holy crap, like, I'm closer than I've ever been. I mean, she was really close with Joe, but I think this is even closer. I think that Taylor might be a little apprehensive and nervous because of her career, because she'll never be able to give them peace um, and everything that comes along with it. Also, remember, Travis Kelsey has a very short uh, time of like being the, at his peak in his career compared to Taylor. People can be huge musicians into their 70s or o- older. You know what I'm saying? Travis Kelsey, most NFL players, I believe, retire in their 30s. So Travis Kelsey, his time is very, very short on staying within the NFL and being this huge top player. Now, a lot of NFL players will quit and then they'll go and they'll do, you know, sports commentating on ESPN and things like that. I'm not saying that's the end of Travis Kelsey by any means, but as far as them really being each other's equals with their careers, this is like that moment. So if you were to think of like, how would the dynamics of a relationship uh, change if we were to get married and I'm continually still at the top of my game while like you're going through these changes? Because that's probably gonna be really emotionally hard for Travis. They have not gone through any major hardships so far in their relationship. You know, it's brand new. He's had one game loss, so she hasn't had to deal with, like, him losing the Super Bowl or any, you know, other big games and things like that. So, like, those are huge things that they have not had to endure together yet. Um, She did sing Endgame as a surprise song with him there. I think that's pretty telling. I mean, all of the the football uh, verbiage in that song, and, and that was pretty cute. And, uh, you know, as far as the kiss, Travis was super respectful. Like, he let her decide when to kiss him. Now the parents are meeting. Donna just went and saw the Eras Tour movie in some theater in Florida. So it's looking really good. And I was super excited about the um, about the kiss. I, uh, here's the video if you haven't seen it. All right, so that's that. And then now I want to move on quickly to Reese Witherspoon's son is getting slammed. So she is a 20-year-old son named Deacon, and he's getting criticized for being a Nepo baby after he showed off his pricey New York City apartment. Page six says uh, that a NYU student 
named Caleb Simpson. He's got like 7.8 million followers. He goes and tours expensive homes and he got a tour of Reese Witherspoon's son's apartment. Um, people slammed Reese Witherspoon's son for this for some reason. Somebody said rich kids and Nepo babies love to avoid mentioning their extremely wealthy parents. Someone else said, let's not forget that his mom and dad are wealthy celebrities. He could afford the whole place if he wanted to. And somebody else said, occupation, Nepo baby, the trust fund baby life. Who cares? Why, why is that a big deal? Can we watch, how long is this tour? Can we watch some of the, the apartment tour? at all all right let's play a little bit of it oh there's no audio but it's playing okay so yeah they're showing the inside of his apartment i don't understand like why people have a problem with nepo babies why does that bother anybody like that is honestly that's a goal is that you have multi-generational wealth that you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff and then you can do amazing things with it now if you're taking that money that you've been given and you're being an absolute lazy piece of crap and you don't have any goals or ambitions and you sit and play video games all day yeah that's a problem but if your parents can give you uh, a home or you know things like that help you start a business all like whatever who cares that your parents are wealthy people treat kids of celebrities as if they're like kids of elected officials who are getting tax dollars from us that is funding their lifestyle. Like, why does anybody have a problem with this? That is my question. I certainly don't. I thought this was fun. I would love to see more celebrity kid house tours if I have a say in it. Now, speaking of Reese Witherspoon, the Britney Spears memoir, everybody is trying to make this into a movie. And Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Shonda Rhimes, and Reese Witherspoon, among other A-listers, according to Forbes, are all in a bidding war at this very moment to acquire the rights to Britney Spears' memoir, The Woman and Me, to make a movie about it. Who should be playing Britney Spears? Uh, I want to hear what you think about that. Um, so that's super exciting. Brad Pitt being in the mix, uh, that is news to me. I, uh, does Brad Pitt, like, is he in the production business, movie production business? Okay, he's a producer or something, so that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, Reese, uh, definitely not Shonda Rhimes. Definitely not Shonda Rhimes is who I would want in charge of this. Margot Robbie, I didn't know that she was in the production business as well. Obviously an actress. Now, Reese Witherspoon has Hello Sunshine. She's in the business of telling women's stories. I think Reese Witherspoon is an obvious candidate for this. She also has a lot of ties personally to living in the South, as does Britney. I think that Britney and Reese would get along well. I think that Britney would feel like Reese would um, have a lot of integrity when it came to showcasing her story and telling it honestly and accurately. So I think that that would give her a leg up compared to anyone else uh, when it comes to negotiating with Britney Spears and wanting the rights to make a movie. So um, a little bit of life updates. Now I'm like, this is like the biggest live we've ever done. So I'm a little bit um, embarrassed <laughs> to kind of go into this because usually I'm just used to like my close conservative. So I don't know how much I'm going to share about this now. But what I will say is that I have been listening to um, The Bell Jar on audiobook. If anyone else has read this book, I, I, I want to know if 
it would surprise you or not, I feel like I am reading my own inner thoughts reading this book, which is very weird because Sylvia Plath is extremely dark, extremely dark, like troubled person, but I don't know. It's freaking me out. I feel like I'm reading my own inner thoughts word for word. Um, What's weird is I read it in high school, but I just don't remember it. I don't think it's stuck or that I relate to it. Um, I I relate to everything she says except her feminism diatribes and her promiscuity. I don't relate to that part of Sylvia Plath's story, but she is this like extremely low ability to tolerate failure. She is, she has like self-esteem struggles. She's extremely perceptive to other people's moods and feelings towards her. I think she's super self-aware. She also is like always kind of floating between the state of like being extremely overly sensitive or insensitive, um, which I think is interesting because I feel the same way. Um, So I don't know. That's just like, I had other stuff I was going to say about it, but like now I'm like, uh, it's like too, it's too vulnerable. But (laughs) here, okay. My team is telling me, tell them. Sylvia describes she's like very perceptive to everybody's moods around her. So nobody has to tell me. I know when people are irritated with me. Like I know when there's like tension brewing. I I know I think I could articulate for every single person that I interact with on a daily basis, like what their perception is of me and what their inner thoughts of me. I am. I'm just so in tuned, in my opinion, with like how other people feel about me. She is the same way, which makes her like in this like really hypersensitive emotional state all the time. Um, And she has really low self-esteem. She also always feels like she is either the subordinate or a suit or a superior, a a superior, I should say, or subordinate, like in every relationship Sylvia Plath has. So romantic work relationships, friendships, she always feels like she's either beneath somebody or above somebody um, from it, like an, an emotional or intellectual standpoint or whatever, like, and I have the exact same thing. Every relationship I have, I feel like I'm either smarter and I know more than them. Uh, and that could just be like common sense wise, street smarts, not necessarily book smart. But like, I always feel like, yeah, I know more than you. Or I always feel like they're more intelligent than me. They, they know more than me. Like I'm emotionally ahead or emotionally behind them. Um, Sylvia Plath has never felt like the same emotional level as anybody in her life, like any relationship. And I would say I'm the same. Like, and it's an extremely isolating feeling. So every guy I've dated, every like friendship I have, I could tell you like every friend of mine, like I feel like I'm emotionally more involved or less involved. Like I don't feel like I could say any friendship, like it's the same level. Like I would say like this person leads me in the relationship or I lead them um, and dating everything, everything. I feel like that's the, I don't feel like I'm the same as anybody in my life. And that is like a negative or a positive. Um, and I think it, it makes me feel like extremely irritable all the time, which Sylvia talks about in, in the bell jar. I feel like nobody understands me. I feel like it breeds extreme depths of insecurity that has gotten worse over time for me. Um, 
like, I think this is interesting. So I just turned 30 this year. And I think that as you get older, a lot of people describe like hitting your 30s as like, oh, this is the most secure I've ever been. This is the most confident I've ever been. I feel like I'm experiencing the opposite. I feel like in my early 20s, especially, I was like, slap my dick on the table. I'm not afraid of anybody. I will tell you exactly how much money I should be making. I'm going to tell you I'm going to walk away. I'm going to tell you this, this, and this. Like, I'm going to break up with you. I'm going to like, I was so fear. I was like a completely different person, completely different person than I am now. Now, it's weird, like, as I get older, I feel like I am losing my self-confidence and self-esteem at rapid rates. It's melting off of me. And maybe it's because as I get older, I'm more investigative. Like, I am inquiring about the world around me way more than I ever did before. And so the more I learn, it's like the less I know. And so that's causing me to feel like less confident and insecure because I'm realizing as I get older how little I know if anyone can relate to that. Anyways, that's my Sylvia Plath bell jar thing. And I'm just like, I'm listening to this audiobook, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. It's, it's me. It's completely me. So that's like a little vulnerable um, things that are going on in my life moment. The other thing I want to tell you. So if you are, if you watch these lives all the time, you can go back and you can watch them at any time. But I think it was last week. But the last live, I told you how I'm obsessed with this idea of like reading the newspaper once a week. And I wanted to find like a good newspaper. And I and I had settled on I wanted to start getting the Epic Times and totally not an ad. Epic Times has never spoken to me. I don't have any connection with them. They're not paying me to say this. This is just like my own journey. So I got my first Epic Times newspaper. Ordered it myself, and it is just as awesome as I was hoping. I was so excited to read the news from a physical paper, um, like political news, but also they cover a lot of health and wellness stuff, which is like the main reason that I wanted that newspaper specifically. So if everyone starts getting the Epic Times, because I know some of you were like, I get it, or some of you were like, I'm going to start getting it too with you. Um, if you start, I, I really want you to take like selfies, pictures of you reading the Epic Times and like post it on your story and tag me and I'll repost it. And we're just, we're making newspapers great again. It is such a vibe. It is seriously sick in a good way to read a physical newspaper. It's like so 80s housewife core to read the newspaper. It's so unhinged of me, I know, but I'm obsessed with this idea. I think it's sexy. Like I want to bring it with me on the plane. I think it's like the sexiest thing about me. I'm going to put it on my hinge profile. I'm going to be like, I, and I read the newspaper once a week. I just isn't that sexy? It's different. And Enneagram 4, very Sylvia Plath of me, I am obsessed of with being different. I cannot stand the idea of being the same as anybody else. I have to be different, which is probably why I'm obsessed with this idea of reading the newspaper out of absolute nowhere. The other thing I told you in most recent live is that I wanted to start building a capsule wardrobe, that I came to this realization that I only buy clothes that are for specific occasions. So the only time I ever buy anything is like I have an event. So, you know, I have a bunch of like random cocktail dresses or gowns or like special like going out shirts, but I don't have like a consistent like buildable wardrobe where I can mix and match things go together, lots of pants, lots of sweaters, things like that. So... I want to update you on the capsule wardrobe thing because I have done a lot of shopping and I want to clarify that maybe I'm not creating a capsule wardrobe um, because I'm buying way too much. So I think I'm just 
I'm buying a lot of basic staple pieces, investment pieces. I'm getting a lot of neutral colors that go together. But I guess capsule was like a misleading word. I just didn't know how else to describe like where your your wardrobe is cohesive and goes together. Maybe I should have said I'm building a cohesive wardrobe instead of capsule because capsule means like two pairs of jeans, four shirts, two dresses, two pairs of shoes. And I'm certainly buying more than that. Um, so that is, I just want to update you on that. But I am building it out. And that was my New Year's resolution. Revolution. New Year's resolution. Yeah. That was my New Year's resolution to start doing a capsule wardrobe or cohesive wardrobe, I should say. Other exciting news. I am going to West Virginia for the first time ever this week. Many don't believe me when I say this, but um, I have been obsessed with West Virginia my entire life. Most of that has to do with the opioid epidemic. I just like have a heart for it. I also think it's a beautiful state. What I've seen in pictures and videos, this is like so weird of me. And like, again, like a niche weird thing. But um, I've always wanted to go to West Virginia and uh, I never have. So I'm going to be a guest on a different pop culture podcast. And I think, and they're based in West Virginia or they film in West Virginia. So that's why I'm going there. I'm going to be on their show. And I think that it is a show that airs live. So I'll post which show it is um, as soon as I know that I'm allowed. You know, maybe it doesn't go live. Maybe it does. I know that when I fly guests out, I always tell them, like, try to keep it a secret. Like, because I always like to announce the the night of the episode, like, who the guest is. It's like a whole, you know, thing of me. Like, it's a surprise and you're always excited to find out who it is officially. So I don't know what their rules are for their show. Maybe it's like, oh, it's live and you can post. Like, we're live right now. I don't know. But it's a pop culture podcast, so that'll be fun. And um, since I'm already going to be on the East Coast and I'm flying there at the end of this week and Thanksgiving is next week, I'm just going to stay over there on that side of the country. Um, and then I'm going to go straight from West Virginia to Indiana to spend Thanksgiving with my family. So um, as far as Thanksgiving goes and next week in the, in the politics live goes, there's don't go because I have important things to tell you. Um, first of all, so there's not going to be a live next week because of Thanksgiving, because it's Wednesday. It's like the day before Thanksgiving. Everybody's with your families, whatever. I'm not going to anticipate that anybody would want to be involved in politics live like the day before Thanksgiving. I don't think anyone's going to be available. So we're skipping next week. Um, however, I have something exciting to tell you. But first, I will tell you my Thanksgiving plan. So my goal for myself is I want to read three books. So badly, this is what I want to do for my Thanksgiving week and Christmas week this year, is uh, I want to read. It's the only thing that I truly feel like when I do read and, like, get lost in a book. It's the only time I feel like I have time to myself. Um, and I have been a horrible reader all year. My TBR pile is so outrageous. It's, like, insane. Um, and I keep starting books this year but not finishing them. So I really want to start and finish three books. And um, so, yeah, that being said, that's what I plan on doing on my Thanksgiving break, being in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, at my grandparents, um, and no politics live uh, because of Thanksgiving. However, however, we are getting next week's spillover early. Next week's spillover early. Tomorrow's spillover episode comes out normal time. So tomorrow, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. Next week's is going to come out Tuesday 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, so that you can listen to the spillover Wednesday while you're traveling for Thanksgiving stuff uh, next week. So you're going to get two spillover episodes pretty close together and both vastly different topics. This week, 
I am talking to one of the most well-known forensic psychologists alive today who has built several personal relationships with serial killers in prison to understand how and why they do what they do. And we are going to be focusing on the cases of BTK and Ed Kemper. So another true crime episode which with a very impressive, very revered guest in the true crime criminology world. So you definitely probably have heard of her if you're a murderino. And then next week, I'm going to be talking to somebody who was born via sperm donor to two, lesb uh, to two lesbian moms and then became a Christian. So that episode is all about how you share your beliefs with people in the LGBTQ community, his crazy story, and how you talk to family members that have different beliefs than you. Um, and just, you know, it, it really touches on a bunch of things because we've talked a lot about the problems in ethics with big fertility, as well as like, how do you talk about like all of a sudden I'm a Christian who obviously, you know, if you're a Christian, then you know that gay marriage goes against your beliefs. And then like, what do you do if your mom is literally gay? So his testimony is crazy. So I have an episode with him next week. So two spillovers back to back. Next thing I want to tell you, we have a big surprise next week. You will start seeing hints on the Poplitics Instagram story on Monday. And then Friday, you are getting a big surprise, a big surprise on Black Friday, something that you've been really, really, really wanting. And if you miss it, I don't want to hear it. I will. I am not going to feel bad for you because I'm telling you now more than a week in advance to prepare and to look for the hints and figure out what's going on. And the hints start dropping on the Poplitic story Monday. So do not miss it. Make sure that you are you are setting your time and your clocks and your alarms for Friday. You will find out through the hints what time to be looking for on Friday to find out what the announcement is. And then eh, nobody better complain because this is me giving in to your demands very graciously. Thumbs up this video. Subscribe. AMFest.com. Get your tickets to AMFest. Hear from Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens December 16th through 19th in Phoenix, Arizona. AMFest.com with code POPLITICS. POPLITICS Live will be 6 p.m. Eastern going forward. Uh, and the next episode will be November 29th. It's pop culture without the propaganda. I'm Alex Clark, and this is POPLITICS.